Hello everyone and welcome to The Village Voice, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer-Azmerland. In this episode, I will cover the two types of tantrums, what causes each, as well as some tantrum prevention tips. And then I'll answer some questions from our parenting community. So, tantrums. They're crazy, right? Tantrums is one of the most common concerns facing parents of young children. When our child has a tantrum, it can leave us feeling helpless, bewildered, frustrated, and if it's in public, oh, so embarrassed. So what is a tantrum exactly? The definition of a tantrum is an outward expression of a difficult emotion. So what does a tantrum look like? We've all seen it, but the child literally falls to pieces and sometimes will even drop to the floor. Many times the child is completely inconsolable. In actuality, there are two types of tantrums. The first is what we call a pure or true tantrum. This is an honest expression of a difficult emotion, such as anger, hurt, or frustration. Pure tantrums are very common starting around 18 months and can go up through the fourth year, but do not be surprised if you actually see them earlier. But by your child's fifth birthday, they should be a thing of the past. The other type of tantrum is the manipulative tantrum, which is just what it sounds like. It's a tantrum a child throws to try to get attention or get her own way. These tantrums, on the other hand, are more common in older children. They can start any time in childhood, as early as two or three, and can be seen later into childhood, depending on how they have been handled. If the child has gotten his or her way from throwing this type of tantrum, it will reinforce this behavior. I will be focusing on true tantrums in this episode, as these are the most common and the tantrums for which most adults are seeking some understanding and guidance. Pure tantrums are most common in these earlier ages because children's brains are growing and developing rapidly. They are learning so much, so quickly. In addition to developing their physical skills like walking, talking, self-feeding, potty training, their emotional brain is also undergoing a lot of development. With so much going on and unfolding, it all takes time. Now, I'm going to get just a little technical here, but I've really brought the material into layman's terms so you can better understand all of these amazing changes happening in the toddler brain. Honestly, I find all of this stuff fascinating, so I hope you do too. Neuroscientists have divided the brain into two parts. My favorite description comes from Dr. Dan Siegel, who uses the terms upstairs brain and downstairs brain. Upstairs means the logical, more advanced human brain, also called the neocortex. And the downstairs brain, meaning the older, reptilian or limbic brain, which is the part in charge of things like fight or flight and other survival-related instincts. In a pure tantrum, the child is purely in his downstairs or reptilian brain, the amygdala to be exact, which is a small organ about the size and shape of an almond. When your toddler is in this state, he is unable to engage and use the more advanced logical parts of his brain or the upstairs. 
Due to the flood of hormones, he is incapable of controlling his emotions or engaging in logic or any reasoning in that moment. In a toddler, the logical brain is far from developed. So when an emotion like anger, hurt, or frustration hits, she has very little in the way of a logical brain to counteract the emotion in order to be able to react in a more calm manner. Basically, the emotion becomes overwhelming. And I share all of this so that when you see your toddler acting completely out of control, that you can understand what is happening and why she acts the way she does, which gives much bigger opportunity for empathy on the part of the parent rather than reacting out of frustration. In addition to the lack of brain development, there are several other factors that come into play. Children in this age range are seeking autonomy. They want to do more than their bodies are able to, so it can provide a lot of opportunities for frustration. And lastly, our children naturally regulate off of our own emotions. So the level of stress a parent is experiencing in general or as a reaction to the child's tantrum can create more stress for the child and make tantrums worse. The good news is there are many things we adults can do to help children's brains to develop, to help these neurons connect the upstairs, the neocortex, with the downstairs, the limbic brain, so that our toddlers can start accessing their logical brains earlier and better. It's also helpful to understand some basics of social emotional development. From zero to three months, our babies seek regulation for basic needs, feeding, sleep, warmth, and calm, as well as a balance between under and over stimulation. Around nine months, baby's sense of self begins to emerge. This means that your baby begins to realize she is a separate person from others. I know it sounds strange, but before this point, babies see themselves as an extension or part of their caregivers. So between 9 and 18 months, they begin to develop a sense of their own needs, wanting a toy, trying to crawl and then walk to get something. Their sense of autonomy begins to emerge. At the same time, more emotions are developing, such as anger, sadness, elation, frustration. Between 18 and 36 months, or just at 3 years of age, children are now seeking a balance between their need for dependence and their budding autonomy. They want to do more than they are physically and mentally able. During this time, we also see the beginnings of emotions such as empathy, shame, pride, and guilt. Their growing sense of self can lead to an increase in emotional reactions to others, so they tend to react more personally to frustration and hurt. Every parent can relate to the toddler who falls apart because their sandwich or apple or cracker or whatever was cut in half or fell apart and they didn't want it that way. This happens because they have very little control and when they have a specific idea about something they want and it doesn't happen, something that seems so small to us, it is big. It's a big, big deal to your toddler. By 24 months, a strong sense of self and ownership has developed. Every parent has heard their child around this age say things like, my truck or mine. This is that sense of ownership. This comes from the strong sense of self and the developing sense of self. And it is a good thing at this age and for a little while. Kids this age, around the age of two to two and a half, do not understand the idea of sharing. 
at around 30 months up through 48 months, so that's two and a half, up through the fourth birthday. Toddlers seek to balance meeting caregiver expectations and getting their own desires and goals met. This is an exciting shift because it's the first time we start to see kids shift a little bit of focus from themselves and their own needs to those of another. They are becoming more aware of the other and the wants, needs, and desires of another person. Now, with a basic understanding of just how much rapid brain development is going on, hopefully it's easier to understand that teaching better skills will take some time. It can also help to think of tantrums as an opportunity to teach your toddler skills he or she does not yet have. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. The easiest way to deal with tantrums, of course, is to prevent them whenever possible in the first place. So we'll start with that. When it comes to prevention, have a schedule for your toddler and stick to it as much as possible. Some kids really need a rigid schedule and others do not. 
and I cover this topic more in depth in the temperament class on our website. So if you're interested in learning more about that topic, I highly recommend checking that out. Our website is yourvillageonline.com. Overall though, a schedule is a very good idea for tantrum prevention, among many other reasons. In general, meals, naps, and bedtimes should be scheduled and adhered to within reason. Keeping your child from getting overtired and overhungry will greatly help with emotional regulation. As you probably already know, outings can create lots of special opportunities for tantrums. So for any known problem areas, for example, leaving the park or play date, staying close in parking lots, or asking or grabbing for toys or food during shopping trips, you will want to set your expectations, give choices and consequences all ahead of time. So before you get out of the car, you would have this talk. When I say it's time to leave the park, I need you to come with me right away. You're setting the expectation. Then you want to give the choices. You can run alongside me or waddle like a penguin on our way back to the car. And then you can give the consequence. If you do not come with me right away, I will have to pick you up and carry you. For most toddlers, like I mentioned, autonomy is huge. So being carried is far from optimal. So for the toddler who likes to run off in the parking lot, you could set the expectation. I need you to stay close in the parking lot. And then you give the choices. You can hold my hand or ride in the stroller. Then give the consequence. If you run away, then we will have to go back to the car and try again later. Or you could say, we won't have time to go to the store today. Another way to prevent tantrums during outings is to give your child a job. This keeps her mind busy, leaving less opportunity for a struggle over autonomy or finding and asking for junk food, like this. I need apples. Can you look for the apples and tell me when you see them? We need three apples. I need you to help me count. Diet also plays an important role in tantrum prevention. Healthy foods such as fruits, whole grains, vegetables, and lean proteins will keep blood sugars more even. Sugary and processed foods will cause jumps and dips in insulin levels and therefore can exacerbate mood swings. For this reason, it is also important to always bring snacks. With snacks especially, it is so easy to get into that habit of buying processed foods. I know life gets crazy and some days you are lucky to just get the kids fed or have clean clothes. Believe me, I get it. I don't think I showered more than twice a week for four years straight. But setting up positive eating habits is so important. So do what you can. Try to bring fruit, cut up vegetables, whole grains, or unprocessed yogurt for snacks. If this is a struggle, try shooting for doing it one or two days a week and make a real conscious effort to switch over one small step at a time. For lots of great healthy snack ideas, we have a post up on our blog with a printout with lots of different healthy snack ideas called 15 Easy Healthy Snack Ideas. You can find that on yourvillageonline.com blog. Another way to prevent tantrums is to use positive discipline techniques such as choices. Giving lots of choices whenever you can will prevent struggles and therefore tantrums over autonomy. Do you want the green plate or the pink plate? Do you want to take this toy or that one? Do you want to wear these shoes or those shoes? Choices get your child interested in putting on his shoes or eating his lunch or whatever task is at hand because he is involved 
in part of the process. We also have a class on choices and the three different types of choices and all kinds of ways to use them in our discipline classes on the website. Give warnings for transitions. In three minutes, we will need to get ready to leave the park and make sure your child acknowledges that she heard you. Know your child's triggers. With our three kids, when they were toddlers, two of them cared very much about the colors of their plates. The other one could have cared less. So I always remembered to let the first two choose which plate they wanted first. We literally went to Ikea and bought three sets of their plastic plates to make sure we always had enough of each color just to circumvent tantrums over plates. If you're not sure what your child's triggers are, you can use a tantrum chart to figure out what the triggers might be. You can chart the time of day, what was happening when it started, how long the tantrum lasted, where you were and who was there. This will help you see any patterns. We have a tantrum chart you can use on our blog post about tantrum prevention. You can find this at yourvillageonline.com blog and search for tantrums or search for tantrum prevention to find that entry. Another prevention tool is to watch for cues in your child's behavior. I know we can't be on top of our kids 24 seven, but when you are close by, try to pay attention to signs that she is about to lose control. Things like getting fidgety, voice changes like a higher pitch or some shakiness in the voice, a particular look like the eyes growing wider. When you see your child's signs, try using empathy to pull her back before she reaches that tipping point. You might say something like, you're mad I put the snack away. Are you still hungry? Or you will look frustrated because your tower just fell over. You worked so hard. Sometimes this empathy is enough to help them connect with that emotion and not go over the edge into a full-blown tantrum. This also helps connect the logical brain with the emotional brain. And this is one of those areas where working towards the future, you're connecting those neurons and will help the tantrums become less prevalent going forward. Kids can feel our stress. So another important way to help prevent tantrums is to minimize our own stress. I know the life of a parent can be really crazy, but the point is to do the best you can to take care of yourself. Don't sacrifice yourself to the point where you're so burnt out you have nothing left to give. When we feel well-rested and have less stress, our children react better. If you're feeling too stressed and stretched, there is a great class on our site called Peaceful Parenting Part 1 where I cover all the ways that we can take care of ourselves with lots of tools and tips with options and solutions for making yourself more of a priority. So now for our questions from our parent community. The first one is from Jennifer in Oregon who asks, my 10 month old boy is showing a lot of bratty behavior all of a sudden, screaming at us and yelling no. I thought tantrums came later. Could my 10 month old already be having tantrums? I don't know what to do, help. Hi Jennifer. Yes, it comes as quite a surprise when tantrum-like behavior shows up so early. While it may not be a full-blown tantrum, as early as nine months is not unheard of. So first, I'd like to caution you about using negative labels for this behavior. This behavior is very normal for his age, so it's important to see it for what it is, which is age and developmentally appropriate, so that we can work towards a resolution. 
Now that I've covered the information in this episode, you probably already have a much better understanding of what's happening. So in addition to using all of the other examples for tantrum prevention that I mentioned, there's another important thing to also keep in mind that could be very useful in your situation. It's very common for toddlers to begin to assert their independence, and with little language on board, the easiest way is with the use of that word, no. So it becomes increasingly important for parents and caregivers to remove the word no from their own vocabulary. And I know it sounds impossible at first, but hear me out. Because the best way to see a behavior from our children, of course, is to model it ourselves. So this goes both for positive and negative behaviors. So you're probably wondering, okay, how in the world do I parent a toddler without saying no? You'll want to use a discipline technique called positive directions. This is one of the tools I cover in our Focus on the Positive class. But positive directions means stating everything in the positive. There are two reasons for this. Number one is it's much easier for young children to understand. I watched a young mom one time tell her probably 16 to 18 month old girl, don't step in the mud. And I could see this little girl thinking really hard and pretty soon she stepped right in the mud. Ugh, chances are she actually wasn't trying to be oppositional. She probably was trying to follow directions, but all that she understood was step and mud and the rest of the message just kind of got lost. So for really little kids, state directions in the positive because it's really hard for them to take that language and turn it around backwards with the don't, stop, or no part. So saying things like stay on the sidewalk or walk with me would be two good ways of saying don't step in the mud. Also, telling a toddler to stop that or no invites him to exert his independence, whereas using the positive invites him to try something new. Please jump on the floor or please sit on the couch rather than no jumping on the couch or stop jumping on the couch because then they start thinking about the jumping on the couch part. Our second question of the day comes from Lisa in Florida. Lisa says, my two and a half year old can throw a tantrum for days. Okay, it's only about 15 to 20 minutes, but it seems so long. Is this normal? Hi, Lisa. I'm so glad you asked this question. 20 minutes is definitely on the long side, but not completely out of the range of normal. I am curious to know if you've timed them, because a seven-minute tantrum can feel like an eternity. So what may feel like 20 minutes may actually be 12. But regardless, here are a couple things I can recommend. If you aren't doing it already, be sure to stick with a schedule, especially with nap and bedtimes, since I'm sure you've noticed that overtired kids can make tantrums way more frequent and way more intense. So here are some steps for dealing with an intense tantrum in the moment. Remembering that your son is stuck in the emotional part of his brain, so you will be trying to help him find his way out and therefore can help make them shorter. The first thing is to label his emotion for him you seem very angry right now. I can see you're feeling very frustrated. Labeling the emotion helps him to make those neural connections from his emotional brain to his logical brain. You're connecting the feeling, the emotional piece, with the word, the logical piece. The second step is to offer to hold him. This is not spoiling or reinforcing bad behavior because with true tantrums, rather than the manipulative ones, these are different, remember, our job is to help our child calm down 
and grow those neural connections so he can begin to access his logical brain. Some children want to be held and others won't want to have anything to do with it. They'll just want to work it through on their own. Or with some kids, sometimes they'll take you up on it and sometimes they won't. My daughter always wanted to be held, but her twin brother never did. But still, every single time I would ask him if he wanted me to hold him. The point is to let your child know you are there for him if he needs you. So I would always tell Chandler, if you change your mind, I'm right here. I'm happy to hold you if you would like. You will start to hear your child use words in place of throwing massive tantrums. For Chandler, he would yell very loudly, I am so angry. It was actually very cute. And when I heard this, I knew the work on teaching him feeling words and on using words rather than reacting were taking hold. For more on teaching emotion skills and building these neural connections over the long run and reducing tantrum frequency as well as duration, as well as more tips for what to do in the moment, including public tantrums, you can see our class on tantrums on our website, yourvillageonline.com. In our next episode, I'll cover another popular topic, helping kids become healthy eaters and dealing with issues around picky eating. If you would like to submit a question for that episode or other future episodes, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. You can also see what topics we have coming up by visiting our podcast page on our site, yourvillageonline.com podcast. If you're loving what you're hearing on our podcast, please let us know by giving us a great review and also subscribing to our channel. If there is something you think we can do better or a topic you would really like to hear about, please send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today. And I look forward to seeing you next time.